8 o'clock on the dot. Hour number three is off and running here on a football Friday. ESPN 1025 The Game. Good to have you in here. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise. Terry Crisp will join us coming up at 8.30. We'll get into that Predators debacle from last night. They lose to the Avalanche 9-4. to But right now, let's try to make you some money. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com for his weekly appearance. Happy Friday, Lee. How are you this morning? Good. 9-4. to four. Yes. Yeah, Who's that's in goal? True. Uh, nobody, Did apparently. Nick in goal or something? Yes, I was in there, stopping pucks, having a good old time. <laughs> Lee, how about this for a stat? The Predators gave up more goals last night, nine, than the Titans yep. have scored points in three games this year. <laughs> I can't remember the last time nine goals. I was playing in an indoor indoor hockey team. Uh, I was. They put me in goal one time. Lost sixteen to two from a bunch of guys up mm. north. So <laughs> since that time, uh, since that outing, I I don't think I've seen nine goals scored. So all right, let's start I guess it I, off. I still have a shot, huh? Yeah, I think you might have a shot, <laughs> but I, I don't I don't know that Vanderbilt has much of a shot. You are the expert. I'll defer to you. Florida, a twenty six point home favorite against the Commodores. Your thoughts? Yeah, and, uh, normally Florida does not come to play after the the Georgia game, so. It is a little bit of a trap game here, but problem is also on top of the, the mismatches here on offense, defense, also special teams. So a lot of people don't handicap special teams, but Florida might get a punt return for a touchdown or a block punt, a couple punt returns that set up some short fields here. I think the Gator defensive line has to be really mad the way they play. They just did not show up against Georgia. They got manhandled. They'll face a, a better matchup here in the Vanderbilt offense averaging just 17 points per game this year and 1-8 and eight against the spread the last nine games. You know, we talk about sometimes winning records, but usually the point spread is a little more telling, except for Akron. Akron has not covered a game. <laughs> if Akron continues and they do not cover a game this year, it'll be the first time in over 20 years a team did not cover a game the entire season. Vanderbilt right behind them here. I like Florida. Uh, I think they win and cover 38-7. to seven. It's funny, Lee. I've got a couple of buddies who've made a lot of money betting against Akron all season long. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's like every time they tell me, they're like, dude, bet on Akron. I'm like, what? Okay. Uh, Alabama yeah. minus six at home against LSU. Game of the century of the year, the millennial. Yeah. And, and, and listen, I, so I've, I've, we've gone back and forth even as a show on this. We Initially, we were taking, hey, we're going to take the over. We like the high-scoring shootout. Um, I think everybody's taking LSU. I like the under now. Sort of explain where, where you feel this game is, how it's going to play out. Okay, so once you get past seven or eight weeks, you get a lot of analytics. And I did think I was going to like LSU. They passed the eye test. They play better competition. But I have a feeling this game is going to come down to big plays. And I think Alabama with the receiving core, they got three guys going to play in the NFL for a long, long time. They might have more guys that can catch the ball, break a tackle, and go 75 to 80 yards. So a lot of times in, in close, big games, it's explosive plays. And I think Alabama, a little bit of an edge there. Also, their number two is Bama in, in, in the country right now in turnover margin. That's important. And if it comes down to coaching here, I mean, as good as Joe Burrow has been, he's having a Heisman season. He wins this game. He finds a way to pull his team into a, a win here. I think he wins the Heisman. But Nick Saban, with two weeks to prepare, you might see him throw some – some odd defensive looks, maybe some two, four, five defenses. We've seen that in four or five teams in college football this year. Maybe pulls out the old five-two for a couple different looks. I like Bam. I think they pull away late, and I'm personally not betting the game, 
not giving it to my clients. I call it my $25 bowl of popcorn game. I like them. I think they pull away late, 37-27. Indy, uh, Miami, uh, Indy's minus uh, minus 10. Even with a um, banged-up Jacoby Brissett, he's not going to play, I assume. Uh, Brian Hoyer is in the game. Um, And and, and Miami played tough last week. I think they won their first game last week. Yeah. do you think this game is a little bit tougher than what the lines, uh, what the line says, 10, 10 minus ten? I, I do. Here's here's why. All eight of the Indianapolis games this season have been determined by a touchdown or less. Mm-hmm. They are a solid team. They do the right things. They run the football. They stop the run. Uh, but the problem here is they don't come up with many explosive plays without T.Y. Hilton in the lineup. He is a no-go for this game here. Their kicking game, Adam Vinatieri, I mean, it really wasn't his fault. The laces were right, uh, were facing him. He had almost no shot to make that kick, but uh, he's also struggled. You watch his ball, I mean, it's just not the same coming off his foot. Uh, Brian Hoyer, he throws underneath really well, but doesn't hit on the long ball. And right now, Brian Flores, you see why he picked Ryan Fitzpatrick to lead this team here. I think Indy's going to win this game here, 24-21, but give me a lot of Miami plus 10.5. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com, joining us here on Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. So let's get to the game Sunday at Nissan Stadium. The Kansas City Chiefs, a three-point choice on the road against the Titans. Your thoughts are what? Well, I'm hearing that Patrick Mahomes will start and play. They could have played him last week. I think they were smart to wait an extra week here, and then they still came out, came out with a win there. Tennessee traditionally in November, last 20 times, this is a horrific stat here, Five fourteen and one against the spread. So, just not getting it done in November. Kicking an issue again. Now Ryan Suckup, he's having problems. Missed all three of his field goals here. Uh, also, I, I don't understand it. The first half last week, they're facing the worst run defense in Carolina. What do they do? Give Derrick Henry the ball only two times. So, just not coaching smart. Also, Chris Jones is back for Kansas City. I think that's a huge upgrade for them on the defensive line here. I think Patrick Holmes, Mahomes here, just too much for this Tennessee defense. Give me some Kansas City, thirty to twenty. Uh, last one for college football, and that is, of course, Tennessee at Kentucky. This one opened up as a Kentucky, I think, two or three point favorite. It swung back yep. to Tennessee, so all the money coming in on on the Vols. But you know, both quarterback situations for both teams are crazy. It's a huge game for both coaching staffs. What do you make of Tennessee and Kentucky? Yeah, it is a big game in Tennessee. You know, they're figuring they can maybe get on a roll here and get to a bowl. I think it's going to be really tough. Uh, Tennessee defense, no way I throw out that first game of the season, but not in this case. That's the only time they faced a running quarterback. In that game against Georgia State, Dan Ellington called his number 14 times. Lynn Bowden Jr. is going to call his number a lot. In fact, the last three games he called it 21 times versus Missouri. He runs for 204. 17 times versus Georgia for 99 yards and 24 versus Arkansas for 196 yards. He's run for five touchdowns in the last three games here. I think uh, Kentucky with a bye week and revenge, I think they're the right side here. I think the line movement is wrong. Give me some Kentucky action here, 24-17. Lee, your client's coming off of two really good weeks, and you have a monster concept that you want to share with the audience. Go right ahead. Yeah, what we do is we rate our games from 10 to 50 units. And all my games, if you go to the website, ParamountSports.com. You can see under recent results, I list every game, give my clients the last five years. So everything is above board. So we rate them from 10 to 50 units. Rarely, maybe four or five times a year, will I have a 40 to 50 unit release. 
I'm releasing a game, a 50-unit college football, what we call our underdog shocker. I think the line's off here, a couple touchdowns. This team's getting more than a touchdown, and I think they're going to win the game outright. If we win this game, we'll be a documented 40-17 and 17 going back the last 12 years. They want to hop on board. They can get the game individually, $197. or A lot of people call this month November. We call it November. You can get four weeks of my executive phone service, just $347. It's available right now, ParamountSports.com. Lee, always a pleasure. Good luck this weekend. We'll chat again next Friday. Okay, thanks, guys. You got it. Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Don't ever call me a homer, folks. I'm Dovember. telling you right now. It's November. And you know why it's going to be November for me personally? Because I, be- I am betting LSU. You getting a dough? Give me some. Give me some. It's Al- not because of you. Alabama's yeah, going to win. I just think the number's too high. Alabama's going to win. In cover? Which daughter, no. Which I like LSU in the points. Which daughter picked LSU? Um, Actually, our guest coming up. Olivia. At, uh, Olivia. Oh, oh, you you. you yeah, we did you a Bam, yeah. we, we did a Bama LSU exactly. roundtable on Twitter. What did what did the uh, wife say? Uh, she she wasn't involved. Yeah, oh. she you was didn't doing, invite her. No, she was doing the filming. She had oh, the phone. She's behind the camera. Yeah, Mia's on Bama. Olivia's okay. on LSU. Right, Which one knows more about college football? Olivia. So go to Olivia. <laughs> LSU. Yeah. There you go. I like LSU in the points. I like the under, but I want Bama to. I, but I've got Bama to win. Okay. Terry Crisp coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll get back to the Predators last night and why Nashville Predator fans just need to R-E-L-A-X. Back after this on Morning Drive. Now you're going to hear one name a lot. There was a shot that goes in for the Nashville right from the blue line. Well, Ryan Ellis, and he can hammer that puck from the line, and he ties it up at 12.08. Arvidsson was in front. Now the Predators back at full strength. No shots on the power play in this period. And a quick pass in for Forsberg. He scores! Philip Forsberg got one that was slowed up somewhat. And the Predators have tied it up after they got back to even strength. Buck rolled around into the Colorado zone. Arvidsson flips it back. Yossi at the right point. Return to Arvidsson. Johansson, right wing corner. Here is Yossi with the shot. That stopped. Rebound trying to flip that one in. Is Matt Duchesne, and he does it. Predators take the lead on the power play at 4.55 of the period. Kamenev, the puck taken away, Grimaldi. Predators coming back, three on three. Grimaldi turns, gives the puck to Benino, and out in front for Craig Smith of the score. So the Predators get one back here in the third period, and now trail by four. Each side got a goal in the third. The trouble for Nashville was the six the Avs had in the second as they win the game 9-4. No Philip Grubauer, no Rantanen, no Landeskog. No problem for the Colorado Avalanche as they win 9-4 to last night. And if I'm Peter LaViolette, yeah, just crumble it up, throw it into the trash can and say, you know what, well, we got about 65 more games to go. Preds fans, just relax, as Aaron Rodgers once said. R-E-L-A-X. Yes. Um, I, I, I normally would totally agree with you in a one-game situation where you just throw it away and it's a bad performance, and, and it's going to happen. Um, nine goals is not something that should ever happen. Six goals in eight minutes in one period should never happen. And if it was an outlier, even though nine goals is almost always an outlier, if it was a like a real serious outlier, I wouldn't care at all. They've played 16 games, and they've given up five goals five times. That's a third of the times you're playing hockey, you're giving up five goals. At least five goals. 
That's an insane number. They're twentieth and twenty tied for twentieth in the NHL in, in goals per game against at over three. I, I, it's just if they if they've been playing dominant hockey on defense all season, I would say it's not that big a deal. If Colorado was at full strength, and you just had one of those nights where those two lines just went off, it wouldn't be as big a deal. But they're not at full strength, and certainly Matt Duchesne getting lots of booze last night, <laughs> returning to the to to his former team. You know, and you're in the lead three two. I, I got a con- I got a problem with giving up six goals straight when you're up three two on the road against a, a team that you're competing with the division title for. And now again in 16 games, you've given up at least five goals five times. Five goals. Well, that's five the times. interesting that's a, thing. That's a genuine thing let's, to be concerned about. Let, let's go past the six goals in a period mm-hmm. and the nine goals last night. Let's just focus in on the five or more five out of 16 games. Is the, and I'm genuinely asking this question because I don't have the answer. In football sometimes, when you have a real high-octane offense, whether it's in college or the pros, Mm -hmm. you tend to give up a decent amount of points as well defensively because it's just the style of ball that you play, like the Kansas City Chiefs or a Big 12 team like Oklahoma. Ohio State disagrees with you. You might be like a juggernaut on offense, and you're going to give up some because that's the style you play. Mm -hmm. Is that maybe what's happening here with the Predators? They're, They're so potent offensively that defensively we're going to have to accept this? I, I don't know how they... Now, in hockey, mm. they're obviously tied together, right? Because if you have a great scoring defense, they may not be as good as playing at playing actual defense. I don't think it applies in, in football because they aren't the same players, right? Like, your offense shouldn't dictate how good you are on defense. Just because you play with a bunch of great players on offense doesn't mean... But if you score so quickly in football and your defense I, doesn't have a chance to catch their breath and get mm-hmm. off the field yeah, for a I little bit... Uh, all the great teams play great defense. I mean, at Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, like they all have great defensive... Met- Georgia, like they have great defensive metrics and great offensive metrics. I think they're separate. In hockey, it's more of the same, just like soccer, because you play both, both sides of, of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Roman Yossi plays both offense and defense. So I do think it's, it's more... Your comment is more accurate in hockey because because of the flow of the game and how all five guys have to play both offense and defense. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not as worried. I mean, because we we said you know throughout the show um, this year with the Predators that you know they are not as good a defensive team as they have been. Um, it's addition by subtraction you get rid of a a good defensive player but you bring in a good offensive player so some things are gonna you know you're gonna suffer on one end um but they've been able to outscore people um but they're gonna have some games where they do give up you know goals Uh, you just hope as the season continues that they get better and you know they don't give up the you know Four or five. I think they're giving up what three, four goals, three goals per three, game. Three point two, yeah. which is about twentieth, twenty first. So if they can, you know, cut that down to two uh, while scoring, um, they're still in the top five in scoring. Um, then they'll be fine. You just don't want it to show rears ugly head in the playoffs, where they're giving up, you know, four or five goals in the playoffs. Yeah, and and listen, they've given up the, the games where they've struggled really mightily on defense. They gave up. Five to the Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings are awful. They gave up six to the they, they gave up five to the Capitals, won the game, but the Capitals are the highest scoring team in the NHL. Okay. Not a big deal or the second highest scoring team in the NHL. Oh, okay, you're fine with that. Not that big a deal. They've scored sixty nine goals, which is more than the Preds this year. Five to the Arizona Coyotes. 
they're not good. Mm. That's not a good hockey team. I know they've played better uh, recently in their last 10, but that's not a great offensive hockey team. They gave up six to the Flames, also in a furious, massive comeback, up 4-1. Mm-hmm. Now, the Flames have turned it around, and they're playing better hockey. They're a good team, so that's not that big of a deal. And then you give up nine to Colorado. Again, a good team, but doesn't have their full complement of players. It's not just that you've given up five goals in a third of your games. This year, it's sort of a couple of those times you're going, the situation doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Five to Detroit, five to Arizona, six to Calgary when you were up four to one. Right? Like, that's, that's the problem is the comeback in some of those. It's one thing to beat the Washington Capitals 6-5. That they're a high-scoring team, you're a high-scoring team. That makes sense. Right? You know, Colorado, if you lost 5-4 to four in Colorado, okay, fine. They're a really high-scoring team. You know, but nine? You know, seven to the Kings? The Kings mm-hmm. aren't a good team. The Kings are the worst team in the Western Conference. And you give up seven goals? So it's how it's happening, too, is a concern. Not just that, you know, it's happened. And funny you mentioned the Western Conference because the Blues are sitting here right now with 25 points. But after that, the Preds and the Avalanche at 20, the Oilers, Flames at 22, the Canucks and Golden Knights at 21, the Coyotes at 20. There's one team that's kind of separated themselves a little bit, the Blues, who have no championship hangover. They haven't missed a beat with losing one of their best players in Tarasenko. And then after that, you've got five or six teams where the Predators are included and lumped into where everybody's playing relatively good hockey, but they have a bit of a flaw. And I've been consistent with this since the start of the season. Mm -hmm. You score the way you score. I can live with some of the defensive liabilities early on because I just can't see it lasting a full 82-game season. Like I think eventually, defensively, this team will figure it out or certainly improve upon the numbers so far. And, I mean, we're at a point where Pecorine, and it was November the 7th last night, that was Pecorine's first loss in regulation. Yeah, and that's what I've... My uh, that's where I'm sort of leaning toward as well. Eventually, it will work itself out, um, and you know they'll figure it out from a defensive standpoint. Um, hey, if they can fix the power play, they can fix this. Yeah, if you can fix the power play, you can fix anything. And that was a mystery last yeah. year. <laughs> um, so I, I think the the defensive thing could kind of work itself out, and you know if they can, like I said, if they can get teams down to two goals per game then they're going to win more games than not. They're not going to have, you know, the games where they're giving up nine goals, five goals, six goals. They're not going to have those. Um, It's just figuring out at what point during the season uh, for the Nashville Predators. So, I I, I mean, I'm not worried. It's early on in the season. And, you know, if it it continues, then yeah. But it's it's like the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, we have this explosive offense, and if we can just get a few stops on defense, we'll be fine. Game three of this four-game road trip tomorrow night in the Shark Tank of San Jose, and then they wrap it up on Tuesday against a very good Vancouver team at 9 o'clock. Terry Crisp will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also, obviously, we're just one day away, a day and change away from Alabama LSU. Great weekend of college football, Tennessee-Kentucky. Pivotal game in the East. Also, one of the other things, too, and we know he campaigned for it. He didn't get it, but P.J. Fleck was pushing hard for game day to come to Minnesota. Penn State, Minnesota is going to be a good one tomorrow as well. I love at 11 a.m. Central time kickoff, two eight-no teams undefeated at undefeated. You know, it's going to be – the weather's going to be a a factor, so it's going to be Big Ten football at its finest. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem is it's in Minnesota, so it's not – this is the biggest game in, in, in like, probably modern Minnesota football history. 
Mm. It's the biggest game since they built that stadium back in 09. They serve booze, so get yourself warmed up. <laughs> Go for fans. I bet you there's a lot of Nittany Line fans. Roll that boat. I bet Roll that a, boat. I, I bet there's a lot of Penn State fans in, in that. Roll that boat. Because that's a huge game for the playoff. I mean, that's oh, massive. Yeah. If Minnesota wins that game, it changes the dynamic of the playoff picture in a huge way because it puts Minnesota into that group, mm-hmm. you know, that Oklahoma, Georgia, Oregon group, and it probably drops Penn State out of the race altogether, um, even though they could still beat Ohio State and, and win the conference and maybe get revenge on Minnesota. So I still think it doesn't, it doesn't knock Penn State out. But man, that would be a that would be a hell of a a win for Minnesota. Also, I like Penn State big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of do too. There's too explosive, too much speed. There's a lot. Of, here's the thing, though. There's a lot of weaponry for Minnesota. Their quarterback is averaging over 10 yards per attempt, which is the best in the in in the Big Ten. They've got good running backs. They got Tyler Johnson, who's an NFL player at receiver. They've got some really. There will be a lot of really interesting skill on display in that game. Both teams. Also, and you just mentioned this during the break, a big week for the Big 12 as a conference. Huge slate for the Big 12. I, I think it's the most interesting race to the conference championship game. Tell me who's going to be in the conference championship game in the Big 12. Mm. Like, we've got a pretty good feel that it's Oregon and Utah in the Pac-12. We've got a pretty good feel that it's going to be either Minnesota versus either Penn State or Ohio State. We sort of have a pretty good feel for that. The ACC, it's going to be Clemson versus whatever the sacrificial lamb the Coastal serves up. <laughs> in probably Virginia. So we kind of have a pretty good feel. SEC comes down to LSU-Bama versus Georgia, right? Uh-huh. But who the heck's going to make it in the Big 12? Well, you got Iowa State at Oklahoma. Both teams can score. That's going to be a, a shootout. Kansas State is now all of a sudden ranked in the top 20. Has a tiebreaker over Oklahoma. They're on the road against um, Texas. Texas, which is that's a big game for Texas. Texas could still get into the Big 12 title game. And then undefeated Baylor's on the road against their rival TCU who's undefeated and and if they pick up a loss that changes the dynamic of the big 12 race the big 12 race is fascinating right now make your picks now for the silly underdogs the three college football dogs that you think can win outright this saturday weekly winners will get a pair of tickets to the franklin american mortgage music city bowl december the 30th at nissan stadium you can play on the game nashville.com or the game nashville mobile app silly underdog picks brought to you by the volunteer hose and gasket stick to sports Coming up at 845, Terry Crisp coming up next here on Morning Drive on ESPN 1025 The Game. It is Morning Drive 829 here on a Friday as we continue on a little Predators conversation. Our pal Terry Crisp is brought to you by the Highland Group and he's with us right now here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Crispy, how's the coffee this morning, sir? <laughs> You've been you've been peeking at me while I'm on my uh, third cup already, and each one I pour gets stronger. The coffee. So, but having said that, hey, the sun came up, and we will uh, play another game right away, quick. So I agree. You crumple it up, you throw it away. You know, a nine goals, six goals in eight minutes in one period. It's the worst period of Predator hockey I think I've seen ever in the history of the franchise. Um, you crumple it up, you throw it away. It's an anomaly. What's not an anomaly, though, is that you've played 16 games and six different times you've given up at least five goals. That, that is a concern for me. What do you do about that? It, you know what it is? Because our bread and butter has been, uh, number one, our goaltending and our defensive work. But I, I think the biggest thing is, and you recall for the past couple of years, we've been saying what a great offense we have. Our defensemen carry the puck down. Our defensemen are in every rush. Our defensemen uh, lead the rush. Our defensemen join the rush, et cetera, et cetera. And it's almost like we'd forgotten about the defensive zone for a while, and now it's coming home to bite us. And last night's game was just a culmination of 
I was sitting there watching, like, after this morning going over it again, and we were out for a charity function, but I was doing I said, you know, it's one of those nights where no matter what happened, it was going to go wrong. It was going to go bad, and it was just, you couldn't sit there and say, well, it was, it was your goaltending, or it was your defense core, it was your forwards. It was just a whole, whole team effort last night. When you win, you have a team effort, and last night was a team effort to lose. Terry Crisp joining us here on the show. And Crispy, a lot of times, you know, in the NHL, you can sit back on a night where you give up a lot on the scoreboard and you say the defense let the goaltender down. Or a night where there's a couple of soft goals allowed and you place the blame on the goaltender. Last night, Pecorine suffered his first loss in regulation. He's been unbelievable this season. Did, did you feel like last night was more of a defensive letdown or more Pecorine, combination of both? How, how did you see the nine goals collectively? I'm going on, on when you have six goals scoring you in a span of what eight minutes in the second period, and you had the lead three to two at that given time. And when they start coming back, it's got to be a mo. But to answer your question, it was a combination. I mean, I was watching and, and putting down, sort of analyzing the, the traffic in front of Pecorine was worse than anything you'll, you'll pick up on 65 on a, on, a, on a weekday going through that. It was just terrible. I mean, nobody clear anybody. Uh, they were just roaming around. Pucks were coming through. Nobody took the points away, the shot points, et cetera. You can go on and on. But in a nutshell, it was a combination. Goaltending, defense, forwards, like I said. So it is one of those games you say, you know what, guys? Yeah, we all stunk. Let's face facts, and let's just correct it. Let's move on. We've got a game to win. Crisby, one of the things that continues to thrive is the power play. And you look at that first power play unit, and they are probably the best in the NHL right now statistically with the success they've had. I believe eight goals through 16 games on that first power play unit. When, when you when we talk about dishing out credit, how much of it is Dan Lambert, and then how much of it is Matt Duchesne? How much of it is the adjustment with going with a 4 by one approach? What are you seeing that has led to a complete revival of that unit? Probably the biggest thing as the coach and I'm very keen in we have to be sort of, I don't know, slide by the seat of your hands, power play. Uh, one time you see one look from us, then another, then a different one. And I think he structured it. You can see it. And I love the one off the sideboard, down low to Duchesne, back into the slot. And and I know everybody does their homework and they all know it. But you know what it is? If your if your power play is working, you say to that team, try and stop us. Okay? Everybody knows what you're gonna do. We know what the other team's gonna do. Try and stop us. And they couldn't stop our power play with Duchesne and Johansson and the guys all combining for it. So obviously Coach Lambert came in and said, Okay, we're gonna structure this thing. There'll be no more uh flying by the seat of your pants. When we get into that offensive zone, everybody knows what they're supposed to do. And you'll have probably you'll have two looks or three looks of your power play, depending on how the team's depending it. So to answer that question, it's a combination of Coach Lambert, uh, Duchesne coming in and joining the guys, because they got skill. I mean, our team is loaded with skill. So the skill on your power play is there. It's just a matter of everybody on the power play pulling the rope the same way. And that's what I think they're starting to do now. Uh, Crispy, the Predators are 14th in the NHL in power play goal, their, their percentage. If they get to the top five, Nick Kale has said that he will get a tattoo <laughs> of Dan Lambert's face somewhere on his body. If you had to choose a part of Nick's body for him to get a tattoo of Dan Lambert's face, where would you put that tattoo? <laughs> in, in, in respect to Coach Lambert, I would say, you know what, I'll, I'll 
I'll forgive you, and you don't have to get the tattoo. <laughs> no, he got it. He has no, no, to get Nick, it. Nick Kale is going to get the yes. tattoo. He has promised if the Preds finish in the top five of power play, Nick Kale is going to get a Dan, a Dan Lambert tattoo on his body. Where should the Dan Lambert tattoo go on Nick's body? All right, let me think for a minute, Nick. Uh, you know where? Uh, right on your on your arm, your your, your uh, top, like your forearm, yeah, up above, just below the shoulder. I like it. You know where you put the, the ordinary, like most of your tattoos. You see, put it right there. If you're gonna do it, do it with pride. You do it where it can be seen. <laughs> Crispy, uh, one of the and, other, and then you can answer for the rest of your life who is Dan Lambert. Exactly right. <laughs> and why is he on your body? I can't believe why it. Is he on your- Crispy, I can't believe I got to work with some of these juveniles that I got to deal with for four hours. This is unbelievable. Uh, let me let me just. <laughs> it's, your, it's your fault. Exactly. It is. We have my big mouth. <laughs> well, one of the guys that I feel like is playing with a purpose this year is Ryan Ellis, and it feels like, and I can't get into his mindset, but maybe the motivation this year is you know. The guy got pushed around in that Dallas series. There's that lasting image of him getting shoved into the boards. And not only is he skating aggressively this year and trying to show physicality, Braden brought that up a few days ago on the show, but he's scoring a ton of points right now. What what are you seeing from Ryan Ellis and the motivation level of this guy? Uh, probably that he's back to his memory. I've said for a couple of years when Ryan Ellis was on the top of his game that he was a quarterback on this hockey club. And I know we had a lot of guys and a lot of good players, but in my mind, Ryan Ellis, number four, back in that point, was the quarterback of our breakouts, of our power play, of our steady penalty kill. You'd go on down the line. And last year, I think that he did, and I don't know what injuries he had because he wasn't playing his game. He couldn't play his game for some reason. And took the summer, came back, and he came back focused. I mean, uh, David Poyle stepped up, gave him a nice contract, uh, settle him in as, as a solid citizen of the Predators for years to come. And I think the combination is that Ryan Ellis wants to thank David Poyle and, and the organization for that. Plus, I think his pride. And he, as any player, he says he didn't have the season he wanted to have that he knew he should have had last year. And he's proven that he can do it. So Ryan Ellis, I'm going to give him back his title. He's now the quarterback again. Crispy, what have you seen or want to see out of Mikael Granlin that says that he will sort of come back to life he's played what 35 36 you know 32 33 games now for this organization in the regular season you know he's sort of going he's the new Kyle Turris to some degree or he's going through this slump what what is it that you want to see out of him that that indicates that he's going to sort of develop into the player they acquired last year well, and, and as a coach you're looking at a player like Grant and you're saying you know what we know what he's capable of we've talked to people we've seen spurts of what he wants here and when you're in a funk or things aren't happening you have to get in the gritty areas. You've got to go to the front of the net, take hits, take bangs, and take greasy goals. Take miserable goals off your ankles, off your butt, off whatever. Get involved. You can't stay. You can't keep depending on perimeter shots. Like he's got speed. So, okay, that's fine. But if, you're, if, you're, if things aren't going right for you when you're coming down the, the wing and firing it off the wing, whatever, okay, the only other areas is the front of the net. And most players that I've seen that want to pull themselves out of a funk or make things happen, Go to the best area where things happen. And our game hasn't changed in 80 or 85 years. Everything happens in front of the net. So if you want to be where it's happening, get to the front of the net and change. And it's amazing how it will change. Well, yeah, you'll get some greasy goals, but everything will start to settle in for you. Crispy, great stuff. Love a good greasy goal. Uh, I like that. I like that phrase. Have a great rest of your day, Crispy. We appreciate it. Thank you, fellas. I'm just going about to get another coffee and – 
I'm going to just uh, go back to my TV and delete. That a boy. Thanks, Terrence. <laughs> Terry Crisp brought to you by the Highland Group. Going on coffee number four. Terrence <sighs> Arthur Crisp. How much coffee do you think he That's consumes? too much. You have to have some food in your stomach if you're going to drink that much coffee. Otherwise, you just end up shaking like a leaf. No, you got to balance it out with water, man. I mean, I agree. I balance yeah, it. I need, food. I need yeah. food. But yes, water also is good. Exactly. You should stay hydrated. Now, why yeah. do you guys got to bring up my tattoo? My body parts, Dan Lambert's face with a man like Terry Crisp. Because why, Chris, why do you got to do that? Because Crisp gets it. Crisp yeah, gets Chris, it. I thought you were going to tell him what you really wanted. The lamp stamp. <laughs> <laughs> what, if it's, what if it's Dan Lambert's head on the, as on, on the head of a horse? Oh, man. Can we put Can, Dan... Can we put Dan Lambert's head on a horse? Yes. So like a min, like a minotaur. Yeah. And then him put that on your on your a back. A horse. <laughs> or, or since you love Mariah Carey and fantasy, you could put Dan Lambert's face on the top of his jeep, maybe. Or Dan Lambert's <laughs> face on Mariah Carey's body, yeah. and then put that on your lower or back. Dan Lambert on your body. What if I could just get like, Lambert's get a face? Of your body on your body. Tattooed to the Whoa. back of my. Head. <laughs> I get Lambert's face tattooed on the back of my head, so and then I learn around. to walk backwards. <laughs> I'm doing a lamb bear walk. <laughs> See, look, we did I, the lamb walk. See, look, when I go this way, I'm Nick Hale. And when I go back this way, I'm Dan Lambert. Oh, man. We got a bunch of ideas for you, Nick. The lamb stamp. <laughs> that was all you, Kale. You came up with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, what we'll do yeah, is, like, when we talk football on the show, I'll face you guys. And then when we do our Pred segments, I'll just turn around and not face you. And all you'll see is Dan Lambert's head just kind of moving on my head. So, so Crispy thinks you should get it on the, on, the, on the bicep. If it was on your bicep, what would you get? Would you get his face? Would you get like... No, I'd go initials. DL and then the power play percentage. Power play percentage. Yeah. DL 23.7. They're, they're 14th Down right now. 23.7. They're, they're not close right now. Yeah. They're 14th. They're I, good. They're, they're much better, but it's not, they're not top five. To be completely honest, I mean, I'm, I'm 100% going to do it if they finish in the top five, but I don't think they're going to get there. Interesting. Yeah, you know I, I think they're going to be like seven or eight. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to get so much fun. To like track, that second though. week of April, I am going to be sweating profusely every day. <laughs> it's because it'll be 112 degrees in Nashville. Gosh. Yes, I can't wait. I just can't wait. Yeah. I, 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 I honestly, if you are good, true to your word, which oh, you have I always, swear to God, which you have get always, Lambert on your neck. I have to do it because I'll, I'll never live it down if I, if yeah, I don't do it. You guys been, will crucify me. Yeah, you've always oh, been we, very good to your good, word. It's going to be good content because we're going to film it. Oh, it's all going to be on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In which case, it probably needs to be like, what about like just below the waistline on his, on his hip? Yeah, can you put it? What if yeah, you put exactly. it like a little hip picture of Lambert's face on your hip? Can you put it like on your... So you have to pull your pants down a little bit? or something like right down. Your butt cheek right down. How about I get Lambert's face inside of a heart with an arrow going through it like Cupid? Saying 20 whatever point whatever. We could actually... You know what we should do? We should do the show. Like the sales department should sell the remote. Oh, yeah. We're going to do it from the... Like we're going to do a show from a tattoo parlor. Yes. Yeah. I love yes. that. And we're going to video it, and you will be doing the show while getting the tattoo, and we'll hear that in the background. Yeah. Get it on your foot. Oh, my God, no. no. That's what am I, Rex no. Ryan? No, those, yeah. those sound miserable, dude. Yeah, like People talk about tattoos on your feet no, being you just the most you got to do it where you have some flesh. Yeah, no no bone. You don't yeah. want it to hit anybody. I want it to hurt, but also be funny. <laughs> I don't care if it hurts. I just he want it to, it to be hurt. funny. I don't want it to hurt, Nick. <laughs> I enjoy the pain of the tattoo, oh, man, getting, getting the tattoo. Gosh, Lambert. I love the lamp stamp. The I lamp do. stamp. What if it just says lamp stamp? <laughs> That's meta. The tribal. Can you get a? <laughs> yeah, can it you, just says tribal. Can you get a puck with Lambert's face in it? That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Puck you. <laughs> a, a puck with Lambert's face. That's pretty good. Yeah. I kind of like that. Just say 
power play king. Yeah. What if you had a hockey stick running up your leg? Yeah. And, then on the, and the blade goes into your belly, and on the blade it says, Dan <laughs> <laughs> So he's got a hockey stick running down the length of his leg. <laughs> Do it, man. Oh, that'd be so funny. Oh, man. <laughs> There's so many good options. Oh, man. If you, how about this? All right. Our audience is great. Artists. Actual graphic designers and artists out there, give us some ideas. Yes. Put it on the, Twitter. The, tag the us. Preds, Power Play, The Percentage, Dan Lambert's name, his face, image and likeness, <laughs> and Nick and a part of, and then recommend where you put it on Nick Kale's body. Shoot us some of those, uh, mm-hmm. some, some of those workouts. I like the motor. I like the motor. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> the what? <laughs> the motor, like... <laughs> Put Lambert's face on a motorcycle or a horse. <laughs> I love, I love a, a what is it? A, it's what did I call it? It's a centaur. No, what's huh? What's the what's the the half man half horse? What's that called? Uh, I have Min- no the minotaur. Yeah, the minotaur. Yeah, a minotaur where the top half is Dan Lambert with shirtless, <laughs> and the bottom half's a horse. Jo- Joey's <laughs> checking in real quick. He's got some tattoo placement <laughs> thoughts. Joey, go ahead. Hey guys, um, so I can't help but to think of the Water Boy when. Coach goes over to Bobby Boucher's house to have dinner with his mom to convince her to let him play. Mm-hmm. And uh, before he leaves, he pulls his pants. And he says, uh, "You know, Mom said I couldn't get a tattoo of Roy Orbison." And then he pulls <laughs> his pants down, and the face is on his butt cheek. He says, "But what Mama don't know don't hurt." <laughs> <laughs> what Lambert doesn't know doesn't hurt exactly. him. Exactly. Good stuff, Joey. All right, I'm going to go. Um... Has someone? Do we? Have, we need to approach Dan Lambert about this. No, we have don't. We, have we talked to him about this? Who cares? I've tweeted him. Yeah, I, I think he knows. Okay. Yeah. You think, you think he's, he's probably got, creeped out by you, it. You yeah. think, well, of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. You think be. word has gotten back to him, though, that he's going to be I mean, we'll find out on the next edition of Coffee with the Coach if he, <laughs> if he feels uncomfortable to come on. Co- coach, how uncomfortable are you talking to a man who might have your face tattooed on his body by the end of the year? Lambert walks into the office and he goes, hey, hey Loves, Lavi, Peter. What's the deal with this kale guy? <laughs> it's creepy. What's, what's his problem? <laughs> Stick to sports next. Oh, centaur, by the way, I just got texted. Centaur is not, not the minotaur. The, the minotaur is a bull, apparently. Uh, this is why I love the audience. Uh, also, um, you could probably look that up on the internet. And that means you need the internet. So when it comes to the internet, good enough doesn't cut it. Xfinity internet, internet's better because it streams better. Yeah, you heard that right. Introducing Xfinity Flex, a personalized streaming dashboard that puts all your favorites in one place. So they're not scattered across a bunch of different apps. It's searchable with your voice, so all you have to do is say... Play romantic comedies or action movies like I did the other day, and I ended up watching Hot Tub Time Machine for some reason all by myself. And it plays romantic comedies and action movies. Plus, it has over 10,000 free shows and movies. Search less and watch more with the voice-controlled streaming device that's made for you. It's, it's, it's not just easy. It's effortless. And now it's included with Xfinity Internet for no additional cost. That's simple, easy, and awesome. Get Xfinity Internet for $20 a month for 12 months with a one-year agreement and add Flex 4K streaming device for no additional cost. It's two amazing services for the price of one. Go to Xfinity.com slash flex. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit an Xfinity store today. Offer ends one seven twenty. Restrictions applied. New performance starter internet customers only. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change after term. Regular rate supply. It is Morning Drive. ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Maze, and Marquise. Live here on a football Friday, Peter Burns from the SEC Network will join us coming up to kick off the final hour of the show. We've got our picks, the big finish, a lot to do here in the final hour and change. But right now, we stick to sports. The world is a crazy place. Crazy sounding pretty good right now. Let's lighten the mood. After all that seriousness, <laughs> you're just going to crumble it up and throw in the trash. Basically. And stick to sports. Now, 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 on Morning Drive. 
All right, Mace, you know the drill. Stick to Sports is brought to you by Decorating Den Interior. Stick with the pros at Decorated Den. When you're ready to decorate your home, office, and outdoor spaces, request a complimentary appointment, which is free in this world, at DecoratedDen.com. Number one. All right, I shouldn't have to tell people this, but don't drink and drive, ladies and gentlemen. Drinking and drive is bad. Find other ways to get to your destination. And I shouldn't have to tell you this, but... I shouldn't have to also tell this Louisiana man that because he thought of another idea to avoid drinking and driving and to avoid a DUI by stealing an electric cart from a Walmart to go bar hopping. <laughs> so basically, there I guess he was in a bar district. Is that a hover round? Like one of those hover rounds? It's, it's one of those like little scooter. Yeah, you yeah, sit yeah. down and yeah, those are actually pretty fun to ride. Can't you get a DUI on that too? Uh, no, he got a, he got arrested for theft on this one, and <laughs> his bond is $2,000, and he's facing a felony charge with this, which I don't think is fair because he thought about other people. He said he told the cops, I wanted to avoid getting a DUI, so I walked to this Walmart to steal this electric cart because the, the <laughs> cart attendants, they keep them outside. So I walked to the Walmart to go get one of these carts and then bar hopped with it. And then one of the security guards told but, the police but you and can get they a, found him. But you can get a DUI on a bicycle. You can get a DUI on a golf cart. Anything that is – I think you can get a DUI on a horse. Mm-hmm. I've seen people get DUIs on – like any motorized or moving vehicle of any kind. I, think, I, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to get a DUI on this vehicle anyway, even though – you're going slow enough that ideally that's the whole point is that you're not going to hurt anybody, I guess. I think I brought this up back in the summer when I had my issues starting my lawnmower. And didn't we bring up the story about how if you have like one of those John Deere ride mowers, mm-hmm. like let's say you have a bunch of property and you're you're cutting your grass on the John Deere mower and you're drinking some booze. Uh-huh. And then you go across the street to get to the other portion of your property to cut that side of the grass. Could you technically be cited for a DUI? I don't think crossing a, ro- a road. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I've never had that happen. If there is a police officer, <laughs> also who owns property across roads? I'm just throwing it like yeah. you know. I mean, right, some right, people right. do. If there's if there's somebody listening in law enforcement, give us a call or tweet us and just let us know. Can you get a DUI crossing the street? <laughs> Jesus. If you give me these are the important things we want to answer. If on you the show. give me a DUI because I'm cutting my grass and I have so much, like if I have like 25 acres. But a part of my 25 acres is sure. on the other side. Yeah, of the road. That, that's the hypothetical. Yeah. yeah. If you give me a DUI, you, you need, you, there isn't there something else you could well, be doing? I, but I instead of waiting on me to cross the road, but, but go in cut theory, my grass. In theory, for a police officer, in the eight seconds it takes you to cross the road, yeah. for a police officer to think you are that inebriated, yeah. you shouldn't be anywhere near heavy machinery. Then, yeah, you should. Yeah, you probably shouldn't be on the lawnmower at that point. Yeah. If it's so obvious that you're that intoxicated, yeah, you're that, drunk. that you can't cross the or road if without you have a tracking big the bottle of Tito's of, in your hand, yeah. and you're driving, then you you're, you're asking lawnmower. for it. Yeah, yeah. You're asking for it. You got like a jug on your <laughs> lap, on your leg of hunch punch. You're asking for it, man. And what's funny about this guy? He he, he parked the two the like the electric cart in front of, between like two cars. So then he parked it in between two cars. I guess the security guard saw it, called the cops on him, pointed him out, and then all of a sudden he got arrested. So at least he was thinking about, you know, I'm not going to get behind the wheel of a car to get a DUI and hurt anybody, so I'm going to steal an electric cart. <laughs> and then some old lady's just looking for it. And that's the sad part about this whole thing. He's over here bar hopping, you know, at the latest bar watching watching some that's NBA basketball. That's what I'm basketball. upset about, that he took <laughs> a vehicle away from someone that could possibly use it, that needed it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm upset about. Well, I think there's a way too many people using those things that don't need them. Yeah. 
because they're just lazy in stores. There's some people that actually need them, right? They're, they have feet, ankle, leg problems. They, you know, whatever. Right. But there's a lot of people that don't need it. They're just being lazy. Let's be honest. So we'll just. Oh, um, are we talking to a police officer back there? Yeah. Marquise is uh, on the number two. Where should Nick Kale get a, bra- a Dan Lambert tattoo? I think maybe we have one of the constables' deputies here oh, uh, this, checking this in. Is a deputy? Let's see if we can get the correct answer. Uh, Marquise, are we getting the answer on the air or off the air? On the air? On the air. Okay. How about this? The first ever call in Stick to Sports. Oh, that's true. Mike, give us some legal advice. What do we got? Okay. So technically, by uh, the letter of the law, you can't get a DUI on a lawnmower for crossing the street. However, you can uh, be charged with uh, public intoxication. Um, Mm. So either way, it's probably not highly suggestible for you, Nick, to be drinking and you know, driving your lawnmower across the road. <laughs> right. Okay. There you yeah, go. I, I think I think it's fair to say that drinking heavily and then incorporating any type of heavy machinery into your life is a dangerous and terrible decision. I mean, I can't start my lawnmower sober, so just imagine <laughs> yeah. you driving one and toxic. And I'm not sure I'd call that heavy machinery. Um, what electric cart from Walmart? His, his, no, his little oh. his little lawnmower. <laughs> Little baby, little baby lawnmower. Little baby lawnmower. <laughs> little baby lawnmower. <laughs> All right, now uh, we get one more for stick to sports. Number two. All right, so now yesterday, Will Ferrell, Elf, celebrated 16 years. That movie's been out for 16 years. It's the holiday spirit. So Lord, you know, yeah. now and then the Ringer, who you know, I love to follow. You know, Bill Simmons and all those guys. They had a a question of ranking the best Will Ferrell movies. And I found this hard because there's a lot of people mm. with different answers, Talladega Nights, Old School, and some people even Anchorman, Anchorman and Step Brothers. So I'm going to ask you guys, how would you rank the best Will Ferrell movies? Number one for me, Night at the Roxbury. Oh, God. Oh, Are you serious? No one, so terrible movie. So bad it's good. No, yeah, but that, what's crazy, nobody, no one had that on their list yeah. at all. And they were, people were making lists of like 16 Movies and none of them had yeah. Night at the Roxbury. I would never have Night at the Roxbury in my top ten. I love that movie though. I would, I would have in mine. I would not have in the top ten. That's top five to me. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, to me, it would probably be between Anchorman one and Old School. Those would probably be my two favorites. Um, Step Brothers is pretty pretty I'd darn say good. Step Brothers and Talladega Nights is pretty funny. Does he count? Does Zoolander count as a Will Ferrell movie? Because if that does, then I'd put. Then I'd put it up there at the top. I always two. feel like that's more of a Ben Stiller movie, it, right? Yeah, it, it, and Owen Wilson, but he yeah. was he was Mugatu. True. I invented the piano key necktie. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a he's a big, he's a big character. A in lot that, of people had the other guys on their list. Has that he, has so he reached funny. his expiration date? How, Bla- how about Blades of Glory? Semi Pro. I feel like we're ten years All removed good. from Will Ferrell being good. I mean, he's still funny at what he does. His uh, last good movie, either The Other Guys or Get Hard with Kevin Hart. I didn't the think Get guys. Hard was that funny. Yeah. See, Hard, like, was like Will Ferrell to me is a lot like Jim Carrey. Like, he had a 10-year window. Like, Jim Carrey with Ace Ventura, through, it was, I, think, I believe that came out in 93. But by, like, 02, 03, like, I was done with Jim Carrey. Like, I'm done with Will Ferrell. Um, I see. I love. I, I think it's great, mindless, de-stressing comedy, though. Oh, no doubt. Like, but I'm not going to your point. I'm not going to put on anything after like. So old school was 2003. Step Brothers was 08. Um, Elf was 03, like you said, um, uh, Marquise. Uh, the House is actually not a bad movie. It was 2017. Mm-hmm. It's where he and his wife start running an underground uh-huh. casino. <laughs> it actually was pretty funny. Is it one of those stints, that, Nick, that you're talking about where, like, Adam Sandler, I feel like he has that stint, too. Same thing. I'm yeah. done with him like, as well. 
Yeah. He, he's had he had good movies, and then he came out with Grown Ups and all these other yep. bad movies, and it's just like, yep. uh, but now he's coming out with the movie with Mike Francesa, and well, it's like, uh, but doesn't doesn't this sort of fall into the category of music too, where like we love when a guy, a band, or an actor or actress breaks out and does their best work, and then it sort of just trails off, right? Because all of Will Ferrell's movies that we're talking about are all from like oh one to oh eight oh nine. It's all sort of early in his career when he was at his best. Same thing with Adam Sandler. Like, nothing's going to come close to Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore. Like, those movies are just epically timeless. And nothing since then is going to be I'll better. I'll throw this out here. But it's, a lot of music is like that, too. They, you, the longer you're around, the more crap you're going to make, right? So it's basically safe to say that once you leave SNL, you'll have a hot streak. Eddie Murphy had it. Adam Sandler had it. Will Ferrell had it. Yeah. To where you'll be the biggest movie star in the world. Chris but then Rock. It also dies down, so you have to figure out how to balance that. Eddie Murphy is like the only one I can think of that even years after Beverly Hills you know, cops and all these other great movies, he still was able to stay relevant. Well, I think I think Adam Sandler is making a fortune, so I think he's quote relevant. Now that we don't, we may disagree on how good the movies are, but mm-hmm. yeah. he's still making a fortune. I would say the, the other thing is, are you a stand-up comedian? Right, like Chris Rock was a stand-up comedian. John Belushi was a stand-up. There, there's guys that are go on to do Eddie Murphy, stand-up comedian. Like Will Ferrell is not a stand-up comedian. He, he's really just a bit like he's an actor he so. did do something on hbo with george w bush that was pretty hilarious so but even then he's acting as a character right so yeah. i think it depends on what your skill set is all right peter burns the sec network will join us when we come back we'll talk bama lsu with peter next on morning drive